This podcast is intended for listeners that are 18 years or older. Explicit language, sensitive content, and views that are objectionable to some listeners may be present in the podcast. As such, listener discretion is strongly advised. Please read our podcast terms and conditions before listening to Up the Rabbit Hole. Welcome everyone back to Up the Rabbit Hole with the Sex Therapist and uh, have Brandy here as well. Good we also morning. Have a guest. We have a new guest. Do you want to introduce our new guest that we have today who's one oh. of our new fledglings into the, the fold, I guess, so to speak? We do have a new guest today. She actually, her name is Carla and she is one of our therapists and she's doing her practicum here at Insight. Carla, come say Hello. Hello. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am so excited to be here. I love talking about sex. I love talking about mental health. <laughs> I love learning about sex. So let's do the damn thing. And you and you joined ASEC. So you're doing your master's right now. You're also one of the new. We've Because our, our ASEC group here for the sex therapists have just ballooned in the last few months. We started with like two and now we're running at seven now. Um, go all going through the sex therapy training um, in the process. So it's just kind of wonderful as we add in our new, once we can launch our Amari program when the website actually comes up. So, so yeah, you're getting your hours in terms of doing a sex therapy. So we all went in on the good stuff. Yes. Okay. So are we ready for, for my jokes? Absolutely, please. So I, I'm going to say my, I'm having to come a little earlier in terms of timelines, but there's still one back from the eighties that I'm going to be bringing up. So I got to, I'm starting to run out of them. It's getting, it's, it's a challenge for me as I open up that old crevice in my head to find out what's in there. So first joke. So a mother's in the kitchen making dinner for her family when her daughter walks in and says, mother, where do babies come from? The mother thinks for a few seconds and says, well, dear, mommy and daddy fall in love and get married. One night when they go into their bedroom, they kiss and hug and have sex. The daughter looks puzzled. So the mother continues. That means the daddy puts his penis in the mommy's vagina. That's how you get a baby, honey. The child seems to comprehend. Oh, I see. But the other night when I came into your room, you had daddy's penis in your mouth. What do you get when you do that? Jewelry, my dear. Jewelry. <laughs> such a good one that was, I, that I was, shared that one with you did I not you did and that was kind of funny one of the funny ones where we were thinking along the same line so I'm thinking uh, great minds think alike I guess oh uh, yeah today we're talking about sexual problems for men that is our main topic for today it is okay so we've got well, some really awesome questions for you today and you being the man <laughs> I feel as though you'll be able to answer these questions extremely well so you ready? Last time I checked. However, yeah, that's a, that's a whole new topic I want to bring up. I was talking with actually Carla about this. I think when we were talking about gender, I don't. Was I talking about the gender differences in terms of the sex differences from the continuum? The yeah, possibility of having, and I was doing at the ASEC conference, thirty-five different sexes depending on how we want to run it. Was that ringing a bell? Because my my oh, brain's yeah. getting older, and yeah. so I was thinking that might be a really good topic because. Of all the ASEC stuff, as I keep going through this time, 
there's these little tidbits that kind of catch my attention that might be very new. And, and that one, I went down my own little rabbit hole during one of the presentations on kind of sex and gender stuff. And I almost, I questioned, raised my eyebrow, said, no, no, that can't be, no. And then as I started to go down this little rabbit hole while they're doing the conference and <laughs> doing some research on the side, because I have you know, two screens here, it, it aligned more and more and going, oh, there might be something here that I didn't even consider the, the complexity. And so, yeah, the, the possibility of more and not more than I, I found 15, more than 15 sexes, if we we're going to be technical, but I'll explain that later on in one of the other podcasts. But it's just fascinating to think as us thinking along the continuum of, you know, male or female. And then we have the new gender continuum, which is masculine to feminine. And then when we get into genetics, it, it just kind of gets really more complicated than I would have expected. I am not a geneticist, but as I keep going there, there's a lot of people brought good points about clustering the intersex into one gender when it's really, there are so many differentiations and you, it doesn't make sense to cluster them into one, but I'll leave that one for later. So back to the questions. There's my little down the rabbit hole, up the rabbit hole. Uh, As we're coming back from the tangent. <laughs> <laughs> so here's your first question, Corey. I, not me personally, just so we're, just so we're clear. Um, I am a 29 year old man who was diagnosed with MS four years ago. Recently, I have begun to experience problems sexually. I'm having difficulty achieving an erection and difficulties having an orgasm. I no longer feel attracted to women and have stopped trying to attract a potential partner. I no longer feel like a man. Please, any suggestions will be appreciated. Well, I guess my first thing is, I mean, the difficulty with MS is, MS has just a, a huge impact on sexuality, both for men and women. And I think the most common complaints of individuals with MS is erectile dysfunction, which I think is running around 50% of cases to 75% of cases have ED. Ejaculatory dysfunction um, or orgasm response is around 50%. Libido decreases run around, I think the stats are about 39%. And total anorgasmia, which is the inability to have an orgasm, is running around 37%. And that some of the side effects of MS is kind of the decreases in general to sensation. So you don't actually feel as much. And I think a lot of men or people with penises tend to rely on their penises a lot for that arousal. It's, I call it the tingle. Vaginas don't get that same process. And so when there's the blood flow entering into a penis, it feels very differently. And therefore it kind of you respond to that responding when that's happening. It feels like you're aroused. It feels like you're not motivated. It kind of points you in a direction. <laughs> okay. Pun intended. <laughs> and so the MS has a strong medical foundation causing sexual dysfunction. I also want to check his meds because, you know, some of those medications can also cause additional problems. Right. And some individuals might need, like, if we're going to play with just his dynamic, I'm not sure if he's going to using any vibrators, but a lot of men still will use vibrators either kind of genitally or even anally in terms of stimulation to kind of fire up that arousal response. And I need him to rely less on that tingle because again, he, when he says he no longer feels like a man, now we're looking at just kind of re, redefining what a man is. And if you're just relying on sex drive and a penis and so... There are ways that we can still kind of get penis functioning, erections. So there's some of the PD-5 inhibitors, which is typically the Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, 
can work to help kind of at least get an erection, which may also help him feel like, good, I have this body part and now it's working better or more the way I want it to. Papaverine is the other one, which is the injectable. That one's much more reliable, but it's an injectable. About sensitizers. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a possibility. That's why I'm saying if we're looking at some of the vibrators too, you might even need higher intensity vibrators to kind of kick up those neural response to get that arousal because it's just, it just impacts the nerves and that biology so bad. But yeah, the prostaglandin injectables are the stuff that typically, from what I know, and again, this is more urology. So this is where if you're having those dynamics, make sure you talk to your physician and we want to get you into a urologist to kind of take a look at those options. I guess, worst case, if you're not really functioning, sometimes we can also use a penis pump with a cock ring that will help kind of get an erection if we're not looking at the injectables or the PD-5s. Do you want to tell um, people what PD-5s are? Yeah, the PD-5 so inhibitors. That's the, the Viagra, Levitra, Cialis. Those three Perfect. clusters are the typical ones. Again, whenever you use those, they're not fully reliable. So they, they will facilitate an erection. They don't cause erections. And so if you have anxiety, depression, stress response, any of those things, it can drop an erection like a lead weight. So it's just, it will help. It will facilitate. In fact, if you're going to do that, you, you know, run it five to seven times with those. And then it actually has a more incremental effect over time than just trying to do it once as needed. So, I mean, not five all at once, but, you know, let's say if you're going to have to practice, you know, within a couple of weeks, you know, you do it about five to seven times and those times will kind of increase the likelihood of it actually working. But I mean, even this dynamic, cause then I don't know his environment. And so the other things that I was wanting to have him think about would be what role is he now playing in the relationship outside of the MS? Is there a caregiver that's with him? Is he now feeling like he's a dependent or a child? What are the roles? Because those typically will impact the relationship, which can also impact his penis functioning and or his desire and those dynamics. If, if he's feeling like helpless, it just kind of kills that drive too. And that kills the penises. Gotcha. Excellent. It doesn't, doesn't literally kill a penis, but it kills. I was going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm like, assuming, yes, <laughs> just to, just to clarify that. Thank you so much. Second question for you. I am attracted to women again, not personally, this is a question coming in. So when I say I, th- I think I should just clarify, these are questions coming in from listeners. So just, this is the question that we've received. So I'm attracted to women and do like to get intimate with them. However, I don't like to have sexual intercourse. I've never felt it or even understood why or how people do it. I do like foreplay, but not intercourse. What should I do when I'm in a situation like this with a woman and they want to have intercourse? It sounds like, again, I have a lot of curiosity because, you know, these four line questions just don't give a lot of information. And a lot of the complexity of when we're dealing with sexual therapy stuff is, I mean, we might spend an hour gathering information to really help get a good understanding of what's going on to help make good decisions. And when we get just these little tidbits, I'm, I'm having to have my brain kind of go down more rabbit holes to try to ask more questions. And so, I really want to know kind of what it means because there is some, it almost sounds like the term asexuality. Asexuality, there are different types. There's a whole bunch of exploration into what that might mean. Some people may also be aromantic. So when we're looking at asexuality, some individuals may have partial sex drives or they don't want sexual intercourse, or I sometimes I'll even call it anti-sexuality. And so the, the term asexuality is 
quite broad. And therefore, I want to I want to look at the history on that one. I've had some people come in and go, oh, I'm asexual, but they had a long history of sexual abuse. And so and it, the it's, trauma background. Yeah, that's right. And it makes sense why you don't want to kind of go down that path. Exactly. Yeah. And then the question is, is this is this asexuality or is this just a natural response to your environment and your experience? The label, this is where I might get caught into it. You know, I don't mind some labels as long as they're well qualified, but I want to really be able to kind of understand what's causing some of these behaviors. And if it's environmental, historical, and sometimes it could be just biologically hardwired to some way as well. So this is where really trying to massage that out to get a good understanding of what what this might be. And now if they're wanting the intercourse, then I guess the question is, if she's women with women, what does this intercourse look like? Are they using toys? Are you using insertables, like a strap on? I, I want to know kind of what what's going on with that. When you're saying you don't want intercourse, like receiving penetration in any form? Or is it a relational dynamic of feeling dominated, or or vulnerable? So these are all those little questions that I kind of want to play with. I need more information on what you mean by intercourse and what's going on with that intercourse. And ultimately, it's going to be a navigation between the, the couple on what they want to engage in and how they want to do that. But again, my rabbit hole dynamics here would be just trying to understand what's going on it because it, it might be a fixable issue if we address the underlying issues, if they're there, or it might be just, this is kind of how you're hardwired to some degree and you just don't tend to run that way but not enough information in this one to, to good. I mean, I guess it also could look at navigating the relational options, Polly. Oh, sure. Yeah. Doing well, some the, of that stuff. The other thing to take into consider intercourse PIV is not the end all be all. There's a whole lot of outer course that can be really quite excellent and erotic and you kind of make it your own. So I think a lot of people have this whole thought system that sex is just penetrative sex, as opposed to a lot of other things that can be had and done. That can mm-hmm. also be super pleasurable for both partners. Yeah. And again, the relationship too, because if, if he doesn't want to use his penis and I was thinking this could even be a female, I was laughing because it's like, you know, if he doesn't want to use his penis, what about other, other options? Is this a requirement of the relationship? Because it might be her requirement. This is the, you know, if use it or, or use it or I'm gone. This is what real men do. I've had, I've had cases of that where real men have a penis and it works on command and you better do it well and you better do it for long. And if you're not, you're not a real man. And if I'm out of here. So I, I've had those kind of that pattern, that case, which, which then puts a whole performance dynamic. And I would, you know, I can see someone not wanting to have sex just due to that, that pattern of the pressure dynamics too. So it's, there's so many goodies in this one that we could explore. Well, there are. And I think there's a lot of reteaching opportunities, both for men and women, because I'll just speak from my own personal experience. We there are you go. Okay, all right. <laughs> so as a, as a female, typically speaking, the, the expectation is that oh, it, it's one look, it's, you know, uh, blowing on, it's ready to go. It's instantaneous and we are ready to rock and roll. But that's not necessarily the case, right? And so I think there's a lot of reteaching that needs to go on with what it all looks like and what the reality of sex is, like the differentiation between arousal and desire and the whole thing because we don't know yeah we got got sensation as well dynamics is it irritable like i have some people with sensory processing issues where it's just like grating sand is it an intimacy issue or vulnerability is it is it about the fact of penetrating someone those all take different skill sets to help kind of 
get to that end goal if that's the end goal 100%. or the middle goal or the beginning goal like there's <laughs> so many options so there. many goals <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh goodness uh, All that's, right, my, I... that's my boy brain going it's like process i was like well you need a good balance between process oriented and product oriented or the goal dynamic so it's just so I tried to get Carla to ask the next question, but she's declining. So here's the oh, next question. Oh, she's shy. Carla, you shy. <laughs> I know, right? Like, what the heck? <laughs> uh, but here's number three for you, Corey. I am a male in my early 30s, and I have no problem getting an erection during sex. But for the life of me, I cannot finish. It seems the only time I can finish is when I'm watching porn by myself. Any suggestions? My girlfriend is starting to feel like it's her fault. This is a common process, uh, at least in my office that I see. And so I'm, the first questions I'm going to ask is like, has this always been the case? What you can see is sometimes a lot of porn usage can lead to you training your brain to only respond to porn because it's easy. You don't have to worry about anyone else. And so as that happens, if you're primarily looking at visual or, you know, if it's your hand that you know what works really well, things may not work as well. I think another common thing that I've had, and it's called anorgasmia is the term. This would be anorgasmia with a, a partner. I commonly see this with what I call pleasers. And you'll see this commonly with some porn stars too, where you'll see is they're really good at lasting forever because they're really not doing it for self. They're doing it for their partner. And so when you're doing something for someone else, you're focusing on performing. Therefore, you're not fully psychologically engaged in experiencing that dynamic, you're looking at a task-oriented, performance-based dynamic. You don't usually get as higher levels of arousal, both visually or psychologically, because again, we talked earlier, you, you don't need touch to have an orgasm, but if you're running a piece of equipment that your brain is now just running on a task, it's going to cool that psychological arousal down. And so you may never get to that threshold I also going to ask is how often are you masturbating and doing this? Because if you're doing this, like I said, I've had cases where they're, you know, nine times up to 30 times in a day, you, your penis ain't going to work so well uh, in terms of being able to have an orgasm so fast or, or ejaculate. Well, and then it comes down to grip too, because if he's gripping harder that you can't necessarily get the same type of sensation while entering a female. Especially if she's been like, she had some children or you get that dilation dynamics, you know, there are some ways to help women with that, but I mean, that's not a requirement. That's, you know, the Kegels and some of the pelvic floor work can help strengthen some of those. For sure. But then I would also ask if there's any type of marijuana use too, because sometimes that can cause problems. Yeah, with... we were dealing, I think, Carla, we were just dealing with a case similar to that, weren't we? Right. You know, so. We always do. <laughs> someone who is coming in with a, with kind of an e, like an ED issue or a, or a orgas um, orgasm slash ejaculation issue. And so they're using chronic pot usage mm -hmm. and they're wondering why things ain't working. Mm -hmm. Everything else seems to be fine, but if you're using a high level amount of pot, I mean, one of the natural side effects is delayed ejaculation or an orgasm from that. And so those would be those dynamics that, we need to look into our, you know, it doesn't sound like there's any medication or other stuff like that because he's, he's doing it by himself. Cause, the, but I also say then how long does it take? Like here, it's not mentioning I can finish, but if he says, yeah, I can finish after an hour and a half of masturbating by myself, you know, the longer you do things, the more numb it gets. You really want to be able to kind of run that within an optimal time period before it starts getting numb and or painful. 
otherwise it's not going to work so well. It's not going to be able to kind of fire off that required threshold for orgasmic response. Yeah. Speaking of substances, you know, sometimes people may also use other substances while they're watching porn, but they might not do it with a partner. So all your ingestibles can impact. It can. Even, even caffeine for some, some people are very sensitive in terms of their response. Well, we can always look anxious because yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I'm going down another rabbit hole here or up again. And even the relational part. Yeah. If that relational part is, you know, not working so well, or there's too much pressure to perform, then you might be able to get a full erection, but he might not be able to kind of, he's just being, he's riding on that edge. It's almost like surfing the edge of arousal to orgasmic response because it's just dampening it just enough because of the performance or the fear of anxiety or the, that, that pressure response or even conflict. I don't know how good it is. You know, the relationship might not be, be going well. So we're, those are all those complexities that we want to take a peek at to really get a good understanding. More background. And, that, and that's, I think, always in all of these cases. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like superlatives, but darn, it's really tough. Sometimes I can get, you know, we can give some good information, but again, they need to go down, explore some of those things to, to expand and experiment so that we can rule out some of those things once we uh, kind of try them out. Absolutely. Last one for today on this particular down the rabbit hole. We're up the rabbit hole. We're not down the rabbit hole. That's a typo right there. Um, I am a 40 up and down. down. Yeah. I am a 45 year old male and I just recently started having issues with premature ejaculation. I am married and I have been for the past 10 years but I don't know why I am finishing so soon during sex. This has never happened before. Any reason why? Now, now this is more of a curiosity to me because this is not very common. Usually goes the other way around. Usually as, as people get older, as they hit that 40, 40 year old mark and starting to move up there, you start to get more delayed ejaculation. And sometimes people are going, woohoo, that's actually working better now than it ever used to. And so I want to know what's recently occurred around this time when it stopped working. Yeah. Um, That would, it it sounds like it's more psychological than, than physiological, unless there's some medications or, you know, changes that he wasn't aware of. And then surprise, surprise is like, Oh, that what happened around? uh, Well, Hey, I went on these SSRIs for antidepressant, but I wasn't even thinking that's going to be related because no one told me about it. And now, I don't think that would have the premature ejaculation dynamics because normally with my premature ejaculation, I'm, I'm seeing it anxiety-based. And performance-based? It can be because, yeah, as we get into performance, it increases anxiety and all that stuff. So yeah. with penises, they either tend to like to you know, flood or, or stall when you get that anxiety response. And I don't even have a good understanding on who, when they come in, responds that way sometimes it's just a restricted range where it's either oh no it's you know it goes down oh shit now it's like it's you know it's kind of finished and orgasmed and it's like a matter of seconds between it either shutting down or having an orgasm and they're all confused and those are the kind of cases i'll commonly see having anxiety or you know performance based but some individuals work only one way when they get performance anxiety it just doesn't work or they get performance anxiety and it's always fast they're excited their brains hyper aroused and ta-da, just started and then and they're kind of done i've worked with people or clients with this and sometimes trauma therapy in regards to emdr just to 
desensitize mm-hmm. what the thoughts are can be really helpful. Sometimes again, marijuana can be helpful because that will delay typically the ejaculation. Other medical ones. Yeah, there's the other, like pot is one. Uh, some of the PD5 inhibitors also will work with that too, which is the Viagra Levitra Cialis. There also is a good one, and I dig around in my, my sample desk. Promescent is another one that has a really good research support, which is kind of a topical anesthetic that actually absorbs into the skin and doesn't transfer over to your partner. But that's another dynamic. They're all actually even some cultural dynamics with premature ejaculation, which was really interesting. Certain cultures actually have a higher likelihood of premature ejaculation dynamics compared to, I'll call it the norm, depending on what culture we're playing with and we're starting from. Positioning can also make a difference as well. Mm -hmm. So typically, as the research says, women on top is easier for a man to last longer than if he actually has control over the type of thrusting that he's doing. It is. And now the dilemma on that comes in for my ED guys is if female on top position occurs, sometimes they can't maintain an erection. It's almost like as they give up that, you know, that power position or that the doer dynamic, the task goes away, they're being done to. And so it's, it's, it's fragile with every little individual that has their own different kind of sexual script and arousal templates. 100%. Again, more information, the better. You bet. And then again, how's the relationship? What's going exactly, on there? Yeah. Is there a fight or a performance anxiety due to a fight trauma in, a, in that incident? Because his history sounds okay. It does. It's just what, what's happened around that 10-year mark. I've had a case where there was an accident. So the, they were in a car accident and it's kind of like he lost his mojo, we'll call it. And then just not functioning. It wasn't even looking like it was related to. And then as we worked on the trauma from the car accident, his penis kind of came back online, which is kind of okay. And we were actually doing EMDR on that one, which is just, you never know how some things are kind of connected. And I'm even surprised sometimes as we go down and work on these issues. Yep. Excellent. Those are all the questions that we have today. So takeaways. Carla, Carla, do you have any questions for us? Given some of the stuff. You're not getting away that easy. I have performance anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked Brandy's point about sex not necessarily being PIV. And I was thinking about how the third question was about finishing when watching porn. But I'm wondering if it's just piv sex or if they're trying oral sex and if they're if he's able to orgasm from that which one was the third question because i'm trying to the male in his early 30s uh having no problem with getting an erection during sex but cannot finish and then what your point was what was your question again from that just like seeing how they define sex and maybe trying like is he able to orgasm from oral sex or is it just anal? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Or even <laughs> manual, even masturbation by yeah. or, or in those dynamics. And I think it's important to, as you kind of, and we didn't spend a lot of time on the, on the girl side, on this side, in this case, the girlfriend, because I mean, she's starting to feel like it's her fault. And I think it's really important to also, his penis is really about him and what's going on with him. Now she might have some influence and impact on it, but it's not her responsibility. And a lot of my women, female dynamics tend to take on responsibility. For- because we personalize really well. 
You are very good at that. Yeah. Right. Women in general, if my partner could not get an erection, it's like, what am I doing wrong? Am I, am I not sexy enough? Am I not thin enough? Am I not good enough? There's so many things that go on in women's mind. It's like crazy town. We got to watch that too. Cause I think some guys are quite happy to take advantage of that. It's like, Oh, maybe you're not sexy enough. Maybe you need to lose some weight. Maybe you need to do these things. Maybe that will work. And they start crossing into interesting boundaries where they might not have agreed to, but she's trying to really work hard to, because it's her perception of it's her fault. And it's like, no, nice try. We'll work with him. She can be part of the team, but she's not responsible for that one. But that's a lot of reteaching. I've I've done a lot of that in my office. The reteaching of that, you know, for women not to take it personally can, can be difficult. It is, which is interesting because that moves into our, our next topic, which we're doing on, on our podcast, which is the next post that we're going to be doing. Yeah. We'll probably talk a little bit about that kind of as a, as a crossover. We probably will. Takeaways from today. Well, I like I've, when you said uh, to rely less on the tingle. <laughs> that was excellent. I don't know what else to call it because it's, that, that's what it feels like. It's, it's almost like a little dopamine response is the best way I can explain it. So you, you see something that's appealing and before your penis really starts to kind of fire up, there's the tingle. And then that tingle is the precursor. I mean, I, there's a few cases. I don't know if everyone experiences this because I can't find anything on it, but there's a few cases where I've seen. And then even from personal, it's like there's the tingle and then the arousal starts to fire up in terms of the erection dynamics. And so that precursor is going, oh, something's interesting and exciting. And now I'm going to, you know, refocus and re-aim, no pun intended on that one, (laughs) and then kind of let it kind of build from there. Just not focusing on on the tingle for your, for your purpose of manhood, if that's what you want to call it, or your, your functioning. But Um, I like that. I mean, not only was it cute, but it was all like, I think it's pertinent information. There's more than just the tingle. Yes. I, I think the other thing to really be aware of too, when we're looking at, for instance, the MS case is sometimes we're fighting biology and medicine and they can be devastating on, on our body's response, even from a neurological or physiological. And sometimes there's not a damn thing you can do about it, except try to compensate in some other ways, because it's not a nice straightforward. We need to look at firing up those nerves or looking at those other options. It's not really psychological, but it can totally impact you psychologically. hundred percent. And you know, that's a part and you don't need a penis to have good sex. So you're right. And it doesn't define him as a man either. I think that's really, really important. That's not the one definitive thing of being masculine. So any takeaways that you notice, Carla? Everything. Everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the, let's see, other takeaway, I guess the, the topic or concept of asexuality. And I think one of the things that I always kind of bounce around in my head, because I think there's a large population and it's kind of funny because when you look at statistically, statistically speaking, I expect asexuality to be a part of the community and to some degree. I think it's a lot higher than I would expect statistically, but I think also a lot of people who are going into that self-label of asexuality are coming from a whole bunch of other, what I would say, non-biological bases. Like some people's genitals just may not work or they don't kind of not interested in that dynamic for either arousal, pleasure response or hypersensitivity. 
but they label themselves in those dynamics of sex is evil, sex is bad, and they call themselves asexual or, hey, I'm asexual, but I'm also masturbating regularly. So they're very sexual in a way. They're still labeling them that. And it gets some people confused about like, how does those fit together? Really, I mean, we could probably do a whole presentation on asexuality and the complexities in there. Maybe that's one for Julia to kind of write down to say, I've had a request. I'm going down the rabbit hole. Note to self, Julia. (laughs) (laughs) She's hiding in the background there, just making sure we're doing our good jobs. Absolutely. I I had some requests from people we're at, you know, on Canada Day too, we were doing that. And they're like, you should talk about, you know, some of the stuff we went, I sent you down on like, like sounding and some of the alternative sexual behaviors. And then they're just like, you got to have a talk about that. Cause he was just, one of the, the friends was just blown away about, why are people doing this? What's it all about? So it's just kind of a, make sure you send in your requests for what you want us to chat about. Cause I'm happy. I'm sure Brandy is too, to talk about. Absolutely. Anything in this plethora of, of wonderful uh, and not always so wonderful kind of sexuality areas. Cause I'm okay with going down the other dynamics too, in terms of the darker areas or the things that most people don't talk about even Let's talk about them because that's always interesting stuff and it's out there and people need to realize that it's okay and it's normal. Not everyone participates in it, but it's still okay. Well, I mean, some of them aren't necessarily okay, depending on what you're doing. I guess we're playing with, you know, the illegal behaviors or the abusive dynamics that people are going, hey, this is just normal kink. It's like, no, that's not kink. Okay. But if if it's legal (laughs) and you've got consent and it's safe, I guess... I'm sorry. I should have my, 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 ex, my brain expanded into all the possibilities <laughs> and, you know, so all of the possibilities are not always good. Fair. <laughs> fair. That's totally fair. Uh, so we so are, we're so thankful for listeners today. We're thankful for Carla today. She's going to be a great addition here to insight working with a whole bunch of different people in this area. And it's amazing. And how much our, I guess, sex therapy group has grown. It's really great. Oh, the, the innuendos are just so funny. I can't, I can't not think that. And I think another one is for guys or people with penises. I think just also be aware how important anxiety is in this process, because anxiety tends to cause a lot of difficulties with penis functioning both. And it's probably the most common you know, I think in my experience, psychologically, 85 to 95% of my cases that I see are psychologically based. And a lot of them may go to physicians and, and try the medical model. And it's it's not medical model. And I think I was talking to another medical practitioner when I was doing some research. And in his experience too, about 90% of the cases are non-biologically based overall. The other 10% are getting into you know, diabetes, medications, MS, uh, alcoholism, you know, smoking, heart issues. These are all things that can impact penises from a biological lens. And so just be aware that there's a big list of things that can impact penises in terms of our alcohol consumption or our consumption and the foods and weight. Those are all factors that we need to look at if we want to have a healthy functioning penis part. Fantastic. That is a good way to end the show. Ta-da, there's my climax. (laughs) Excellent. Glad you enjoyed it. (laughs) So we will close for another session today and hope you guys enjoyed uh, this exploration into people with penises. 
and some of the questions. And if you have any more questions that you'd like to kind of bring forward, feel free to. And hopefully our website will be and and we'll be able to kind of get this out in a larger platform. And I think Julie is working on that for us to kind of get it to everyone. If you haven't heard it, listen in. Take care, guys. Thank you so much.